Michigan Vaccine Project presents An Ounce of Prevention, Episode 2, an interview with pharmacist Arun Tandon. Hi, I'm here with Arun Tandon, the pharmacist at Advanced Health Pharmacy, and he's going to be talking with us today about vaccines, immunization, and all things related. Good morning, Corinne. This is uh, uh, such a uh, great topic to very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been a pharmacist in this community from last, uh, say, 33 years. Uh, all of those years have been here in Portage, Michigan. And uh, people ask me, where are you from? And I suddenly say, well, I'm from Portage, although I grew up, uh, went to school in India. Uh, and uh, I have uh, been a pharmacist with Myers for about 21 years and then opened my own pharmacy uh, about 12 years ago. Uh, it's an independent uh, retail pharmacy. When we opened this pharmacy, we started uh, with a prayer and that prayer was, uh, may whoever walks into this pharmacy be healed. And that is kind of the mission of this uh, uh, pharmacy. We want to be partners in health with the community. This is a real community pharmacy. I like that. That is a great way to start out your, your business here. And where exactly are you located? We are in um, 7916 Oakland Drive in Portage, uh, right at the intersection of uh, Oakland and Center. Okay, great. Let's just get right into it. When it comes to vaccination, what concerns have you heard from your patients? Most of our patients are pretty open to vaccinations. We haven't had um, many um, hindrances in their not getting vaccinated. But uh, what we have done is, uh, right from the beginning, we started to ask people, have you, do you want a vaccine? Are you fully vaccinated? And this, is, this was related to COVID vaccine, obviously. Uh, and uh, whenever we would get uh, little hesitancy in patient's voice or little sarcasm, oh, no, no, I'm not uh, interested in that. And uh, uh, a lot of times uh, medical health professionals and would uh, scowl at that uh, uh, answer or right, jump right into it that you don't believe in science or what. But I think uh, uh, as a healthcare provider, the best thing you can do is listen to the patient. If you can listen to the patient with full intention of understanding where they are coming from, and then you can have a conversation with that patient. But if you just right away uh, tell them uh, that, well, the science says this, and uh, then you are pitting yourself against uh, two opposing views, and suddenly you are not a partner in their health. Uh, you are putting them down, and that is no way to treat your patients. Uh, our community members come from different backgrounds. They have different understandings. They have different affiliation. They grew up differently. They are, uh, uh, their information sources are diverse. And we need to be understanding. We need to explain. We need to have a uh, foot in the door to have open communication. So I think uh, all their concerns uh, can only be resolved if we are there with have an empathetic ear 
and an understanding for for their their belief system. Those are great insights about um, people's mindsets and how to reach them. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so as a medical professional, what can you tell us about vaccine safety and efficacy once you're possibly vaccine hesitant uh, client uh, is open to a, a conversation, what do you tell them? So when this uh, vaccine wasn't uh, available, uh, there was a chaos in the world. Everybody was afraid. The countries, the whole universe kind of s stood still. Nobody wanted to get out because everybody was like, I want to live. And uh, business got shut down. Uh, we had to close our pharmacies doors, uh, only delivery outside, uh, a curbside pickup and deliveries on, on their doorsteps. We have three drivers. We do do free delivery for uh, medication. So that oh, it was a big strain on us, as well as everybody was really concerned about what is going to happen and anxiously waiting for this vaccine to come. It couldn't have come any sooner. Uh, and in that time, I want to just share my personal story here. What happened is my uh, uh, cousin sister, her husband who was 56 years old, uh, went to a get together, a family get together, both husband and wife got COVID and in 14 days he was gone. I remember uh, uh, waking up at 2 a.m. and trying to talk to them because they were in India and uh, talking to the physicians, should we intubate or should we not intubate? That was the uh, concern at that time because there were some things saying that intubation was causing more problems, but then when you can't breathe. Uh, so this was such a, such a tumultuous time that we felt helpless that we couldn't do anything. And that was November, 2020. And lo and behold, in, in one month later, we had the vaccine. A lot of time, uh, that vaccine, mRNA vaccine, uh, people thought that it's, uh, how can anybody create a vaccine in 10 months? Every, there was big questions about it. And if you look back and you can see that this mRNA platform had been going on, studies been going on for almost 25 years. And there were at least two scientists who actually got Nobel Prize to, who were working on these two mRNA for various diseases. Uh, they were actually looking at AIDS as well as uh, they were looking at other communicable diseases and cancer. And uh, so this platform wasn't new it just was, this was a different delivery system, but the urgency wasn't there at that time. And this kind of put uh, this on a fast track. And uh, it's uh, when I was, I had my own personal questions at that time, is that how can a vaccine which takes so many years to come up and then studies, and how are they able to do it? And actually it happens that uh, uh, one of my friends, uh, he was, he's a scientist and he's working on Moderna vaccine himself. And I had a heart to heart with him. And he said, okay, so this is what it is, is 
usually one lab is working on a, on a vaccine and they have four scientists and uh, some ancillary staff. But now imagine now 4,000 scientists are working, not only eight hours a day, but they are working 16 hours a day, day and night, and they're collaborating. So it's the, the amount of time which is needed to build a vaccine is just still the same, the number of hours it took. So that kind of made sense to me. And now when we see that uh, there have been 12.2 billion vaccine all over the world has been given, and we have seen the safety and efficacy of it, uh, there is no doubt when they presented the data to FDA, uh, there was 95% uh, efficacy uh, on both Moderna as well as uh, uh, Pfizer uh, vaccine. Uh, and then J&J came out, one and done, uh, that has 67% uh, uh, efficacy. So people who were still a uh, little leery about using mRNA, so J&J uh, was a conventional vaccines. Everybody's had those kind of vaccines, uh, but the efficacy was low. So they could just get one and hopefully get done. Obviously, later on, we found out the efficacy was uh, one and done wasn't enough. And so right now, it's not suggested that anybody takes that, but it's a personal choice still. Why do you think vaccination is so important? Can you just speak to that in general? I grew up in India and uh, I used to live with my grandmother when I was going to pharmacy school. And um, she would go out every month in the neighborhood and collect uh, money uh, for donation. And that donation would go to uh, a community which we called Lepers Colony. In 1986, there was still a Lepers Colony in New Delhi, India. And that when you went there, you could see these were destitute people without much uh, as far as uh, uh, possessions, living in, been discarded by the society uh, to be lived, uh, uh, living in a, uh, some quarters which were provided to them. Families have left them. Uh, everybody knows about Mother Teresa's work on lepers in Calcutta. Uh, that's where she started her work. Uh, so these are communicable, treatable diseases. And polio, uh, leprosy, uh, uh, whooping cough, uh, chicken pox, a lot of these diseases have been eradicated and that has only happened not from treatment but from prevention. And that prevention has come from these vaccines. Uh, anytime when I, uh, a few years ago, sent my son to college and I made sure that he has a meningococcal vaccine so that he doesn't have that uh, communicable disease. So this has actually changed the outlook of science, of the health in, in the whole world. Uh, prevention is, uh, they, they say that an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Uh, this is, I think, uh, when it says that, I think that's a, a misnomer. I think <laughs> one ounce is equal to probably a uh, uh, hundred pounds of cure. 
because there's no, once you have leprosy, once you have polio, once you have uh, chicken pox, a small pox, which leaves uh, indelible marks on your physical and mental being, which can really, really uh, uh, stop your progression in life. Yes, that is an astute observation. The name of our podcast, <laughs> for those listening in, is an ounce of prevention, actually. So I love that you that you um, brought that up. So what do you see is the next step? Because there have been awareness, there have been education campaigns. Uh, some people have been vaccinated, some people have not. What do you see is the next step or what can we do now to give people the information that will make them feel comfortable that they can get vaccinated against, well, not only childhood diseases, uh, but also the regular adult boosters and, of course, COVID. So I think it was uh, 2012, uh, I was working at Myers and heard news that there was a whooping cough pertussis outbreak and hadn't heard of whooping cough in decades. Uh, and here happening here in uh, Kalamazoo, Pawpaw, uh, Decatur, uh, surrounding areas. And uh, it was such a scare at that time. Uh, some schools were closed, some bigger factories were closed for a little bit. And uh, education is so important education with education of the public, uh, time and again, something comes up in the news, in the media, which refutes hard science. And uh, some very popular mouthpiece might come in to picture and which can sway a large number of people to not look at the hard science, but look at some anecdotal stories. And that causes a lot of confusion in people. So it is very important that every member of the healthcare team, and what better place than a, than a community pharmacy, where every patient who comes, has comes about at least 12 to 20 times a year. Uh, how many times you go to a doctor? One, two, three, four, Five times if you're really sickly, you might go once a, once a month maybe if you're elderly. But pharmacy is a place where patients come a lot more regular basis to pick up their prescriptions, to get their over-the-counter cough and cold stuff. And they have a wonderful, highly educated professionals who are free to talk to, who have time you can just walk up. Which professional you can just talk up to a lawyer's office and say, I want to talk to the lawyer. They say, make an appointment, it's 450 bucks an hour. But this is a highly educated medical personnel which have very easily accessible to the public. And uh, that healthcare provider cares about the community. Their whole life is based on this thing that we want to go out and help our community. So I think giving them the resources, making them more powerful, educating them. So since we started getting these vaccines, we were able to uh, vaccinate so many people. 
we deliver to people. So we started going to people's homes and vaccinating them right at home who were stay-at-home people. And that was such a blessing for those people that uh, now they felt safe. Now their grandkids could come and see them. So I think education is where this is at, providing resources to the right people, creating bonds and uh, associations and coordination of care with so many other organizations, community organizations, so that uh, we can reach to each and every individual for education. And if they need the vaccine, if they need any more education, we can be there. Those are very uh, astute observations. And it sounds like a great way to move forward to provide the healthcare, uh, you know, providers in the community with uh, the tools and the funding that they need to just reach those underserved populations and people that may have um, difficulty accessing healthcare. That's something that we are also um, concerned with in our Michigan Vaccine Project. So, I, I thank you for um, you know sharing all of your thoughts with us. And um, I just like to ask: Is there anything that um, you'd like to speak to that we haven't uh, discussed already? I think knowledge is power. And where that knowledge is coming from matters. If you have trust in the person or the organization, then that knowledge can be useful to the person. Right now, you can go on internet, you can find anything, you can Google anything. So the Sage Google can tell you what's what's going on and what's not going on. AI can can keep on feeding you uh, all the things which you have searched before, but that's not trustworthy. So first of all, uh, this trust between healthcare providers and the patients and the community at large is 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 paramount. And so, what we stand for here in this pharmacy is community first. As a business, every business needs to make money so that they can be viable, they can, they can be there tomorrow. But what drives us is how we can make a difference in a patient's life. And that trust drives that information and the form of knowledge into patients' lives. When one person gets sick, it is not one person, it's the whole family which suffers. And so I think that knowledge, that trust is built over time. And I think that community pharmacies, especially the independent pharmacy community, is poised for great things for the community health. And we are the true partners in health for our communities. This community has given so much to us as a form of giving us the business, giving us their trust, giving us their families' trust. They uh, trusted us with their, their own and their parents. And I have seen in the last 30 years, four generations, I've served four generations of families, from grandparents to parents to kids and now their kids. Uh, and uh, 
that trust cannot be built overnight. It takes years of love and affection and compassion. And I think that love and compassion and understanding can win anybody's heart. So we have to provide that knowledge base based on that compassionate care so that we can make a difference. Only about 65% or 67% of Michiganders are uh, right now COVID uh, covered with, uh, with vaccinations and they are not also all fully vaccinated. About 60% are fully vaccinated. And we need to make sure all those 40% more uh, as much as possible get vaccinated. And childhood vaccination is, is as important as anything else. We want to give them, the, our kids, the best immunity possible so they can go out in this world and make a difference. Thank you, uh, Arun. And uh, I just wanna say that I've enjoyed hearing about the insights and all the information that you provided. You've given us a lot to think about. And I just wish you the best of luck with your, not only business endeavors, but your community health endeavors. Thank, Thank you, you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Support for the Michigan Vaccine Project and an ounce of prevention comes from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. MSU Extension Program's materials are open to all without regard to race, color, national origin, gender, gender identity, religion, age, height, weight, disability, political beliefs, sexual orientation, marital status, family status, or veteran status.